everybody, I'm Dr. Deb, and welcome to another episode of PTSD and Beyond. Welcome to the PTSD and Beyond podcast, where we give you insights into post-traumatic stress, trauma recovery, healing, and beyond. I'm Dr. Deb Lind, and in each episode, I have a conversation with a guest who will stimulate your mind, touch your heart, and connect with your spirit, and also give you a greater understanding of yourself and others on this healing and recovery journey walked by so many of us before, wounded healers with lived experience and heroes. Hopefully, we'll also provide a glimpse into possibilities and purpose, hope, and inspiration. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. One last thing, guys, before we dive into today's episode, if you'd like an ad-free experience and like early access to new episodes and special events, I want to let you know you can join us at patreon.com. That is patreon.com forward slash PTSD and beyond. All right, let's do it. Everybody, it's Dr. Deb here with PTSD and Beyond. Our guest today is Jean Ottman, who is a quantum healer, ascension coach, author, and speaker. She specializes in healing trauma and burnout. Jean's going to talk with us today about why people encounter burnout and how they can heal through it. She's also going to talk to us about personal vibration, consciousness, why it's so important, and ways that we can identify major pitfalls that people run into that create burnout in our lives. Jean has empowered tens of thousands of women around the world to consciously create a beautiful life experience. She also shares her own lived experience with us with her trauma background and ways that she helped herself overcome trauma and burnout. All right, you guys, let's do it. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Deb here with PTSD and Beyond. We've got another amazing guest, this person. She's fabulous, wonderful, bubbly, energetic, is a quantum healer and has helped over 20,000 people as well as women with burnout. And right now, isn't that the topic of today is burnout? Let's introduce our guest, Jean Atman. Welcome to PTSD and Beyond. Thank you so much. I am very excited to have this conversation with you today. Well, we're glad to have you here because when we were talking before about, you know, what our show is all about and our listeners, the conversation just naturally went into burnout. And today, meaning today as in the year and last month, and even let's just take 2022, the topic of burnout and the experiencing of burnout really seems to be at the forefront of people's thoughts. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about what burnout is, because I think there's a misconception about resiliency and burnout and, oh, if we were just more resilient, we wouldn't feel, you know, burnt out. Let's talk Mm -hmm. about a quick definition about what burnout is. And Mm -hmm. then also, you know, give everybody a flavor about who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to me, I mean, burnout, you, you get to a point where you've just been rallying for so long and riding off of adrenaline for so long yeah. that you don't really even realize when you're tired just mm-hmm. because you've been pulling with that adrenaline for so long. And especially people with trauma, we sort of have lived in a survival state. 
And you're either kind of in survival or in thriving mode. And until you kind of learn to bridge the gap, there's a good chance that living in survival mode for so long will lead to burnout because that's supposed to be a temporary state of being. Right. Once the threat diminishes, you can go back into homeostasis. But many of us don't do that because we don't know how to stop being hypervigilant about everything that's around us and how to self-soothe our nervous systems and come back into that place. So it really does lead a lot of people into burnout just because they're doing so much internally for so long. And even if you're sitting on a couch, you could be getting yourself burnt out by your thoughts and Mm -hmm. and the emotions that are being cultivated within your, your body. Body. So um, a lot of people are at risk for that until they realize how to come into more of a healing state of being versus that survival mode state of being. So that's what I'd like to teach people how to do and how to access within themselves. Um, me personally, I definitely have walked through that process. I was in about a two-year down spiral of chronic fatigue to the point where I couldn't get off my couch. I had to rely on my my kids to bring me food. I just I lost my vision because I was so exhausted. I couldn't even see, couldn't tolerate anything moving around me because it was too much stimuli, which made me even more tired. Couldn't sleep oh, <laughs> at yeah. the same time. Um, so it was it was really um, pretty hardcore. And until I realized why I was burnt out and started to heal those things, was I finally able to kind of pivot and start to get on the healing journey of that process. But I realized that my nervous system was just super jacked up. I was constantly and chronically looking for the threat and trying to avoid any potential threats you know, pretty much daily. Mm. And then I got to a point where I just needed to learn how to be safe, how to feel safe. And once I started to really practice that, I started to get my energy back and heal. You know, one of the things that you mentioned just a second ago was this is supposed to be temporary. Mm -hmm. And for trauma survivors, it's, it's a way of being, it's a way of existing. And until uh, we, and I, what I like about why you say that is because Early on in my healing journey, I didn't know that this was not normal. I actually, it was my normal. I didn't think it was normal for other people, but I knew that it was my normal. And I didn't know that there was something different. So what I like about our conversation and the podcast for listeners, and I want to give a shout out to the country India, because right now, usually the United States is like, you know, top listening country, but for some reason, I don't know why, but (laughs) India is just knocking it out of the park. So there's a need in different places. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that because what we try to do is bring education and awareness. And this might be speaking to somebody of someone saying to themselves, you know what, Um, this is my normal. And perhaps through reflection, I can identify that this is supposed to be temporary. Our nervous system being jacked up is supposed to be temporary because our brain is wired to identify threat, but not to be in the the stasis of continuation and that continuation loop of of always. So what were some awareness pieces that you had with your journey from, and I can relate to the moving, being on the couch, that was my big, like, what the heck's going on? This isn't like me. What am I doing laying on the sofa watching, you know, daytime talk shows? That was so not me. And I, so what were some of the pivotal moments for yourself that helped you start your healing journey? Um, I really 
I know that every opportunity from the work that I do, I know that every opportunity, especially the tough ones, is an opportunity to look at something and to heal. So when I started to get fatigue, fatigued, I took on the the, you know, this idea, I guess, or this principle that I know I'm supposed to learn something. So what what am I supposed to learn? So the whole time I was sort of tuning in, okay, I'm supposed to ask for help because I can't move right now. Okay, so I'm practicing asking for help. I'm practicing receiving. I'm practicing not being the one that has to be the caretaker of my girls. I mean, they're teenagers, so they're fully capable, but just to even release that that motherly, you know, they're not toddlers anymore. It's okay to let them do things. <laughs> You know, so I was practicing all of these things that I knew needed balance. But what really got to me was when I started to feel better, I started to receive help. I started to ask for help. I started to receive support. Um, But when I started feeling better, I jumped right back in to my old ways of being, you know, hit it hard, go, you know, put your big girl pants on and just keep going kind of thing. And I would relapse. And I did this maybe two, three times before I finally went into meditation. And I was like, okay, what? (laughs) What am I not seeing? And what came through was you don't know how to rest unless you're too tired to do anything. Wow. You you don't know how to rest unless you're too tired to do anything. Yeah. So basically when I have energy, I'm not resting. Even when I do feel good, when, you know, every time I feel good, I'm doing something. And so what came through was you need to practice resting, even though you have energy, even though you feel good, you mm-hmm. still need to practice resting. And I was like, Ooh, that was a big one. Wow. <laughs> so, so I started practicing that and I started really tuning in and paying close attention to my body and its signals. And when I would start to feel a little bit drained before, I'm not like a, a coffee or caffeine or stimulant kind of drinker. I would just pull my energy, rally. You know, you mm-hmm. pull it from somewhere. Right. And I thought, I'm not supposed to pull from anywhere right now. I'm literally supposed to just kind of chill and ride this out and regain, almost pull my energy back in and relish in that feeling. And so I started to practice resting, even though I was feeling good. And that was the the biggest one for me. <laughs> practice resting. You know, that reminds me of a story, and, and I'm sure you've probably heard of this too, where, and there's different reports, you know, whether it's human resources, you know, a report or something in Harvard Business Review, where people that will go on vacation, they actually need a week to come off of life mm-hmm. in yeah. order to rest and and I think that is a on a wake up call for people who are wondering about the how can I how can I how can I rest like what you're saying how can I rest when I have energy instead yeah. of being forced to rest because I collapse Yeah Yeah it's a very different way of being and the word lazy has such a negative connotation And I think that's just a program that keeps us in this rallying state. You know, Mm -hmm. can you practice being okay with being lazy or can we reframe that language in some way where it's, it's, um, you know, resting is is a healthy thing. It's literally the epitome of self-care is learning how to rest and learning how to take care of ourselves. What perpetuates these patterns is there's typically, especially those of us that have grown up in toxic households and abusive households we tend to develop adaptive behaviors, right? We have to become people pleasers to make sure the room is okay and everybody's okay so that we can be safe. 
we develop overachieving. Look, we can, we deserve to be loved because look at how good we are at this thing. Right. So we develop these adaptive behaviors, but we never change those. And mm-hmm. we continue to perpetuate those things throughout adulthood. And so a lot of times people find that the overachieving, the people pleasing is the very thing that brings them into burnout Mm -hmm. because they're excessively doing something that they don't need to do that is trying to fulfill a need from way back when that was never met. Right. So I help people kind of reverse engineer things and go back into the place of that need that wasn't met, learn to meet that need, heal that wound, and then allow the domino effect of healing to move forward while doing behavioral adaptations to change how we're doing things and why we think we need to do those things. So you start to, instead of, you know, continuing to perpetuate the people-pleasing behaviors, start to tune into what do I actually need? Who am I? What what feels good to me? And it's a very uncomfortable um, situation when you're first doing it. It's awkward. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, it feels really wrong almost. <laughs> but can you practice being in that discomfort to alleviate suffering? Right. You know, so it's a, it's again, that kind of reverse engineering of really starting to tune into your own needs, especially if you find that you're a people pleaser. Why do you think that burnout hasn't been something that's been part of, um, I don't want to say first defense line of treatment, um, but it's something that continuously comes up. So it's not resolved socially. And what do you think are some reasons? And I, what I hear you saying is that, you know, if a person has unresolved trauma or, um, you know, unhealthy development patterns that were created from childhood, or even maybe they were learned in the workplace, how can we create change within whether it's a microsystem? So at home that can then lead to say school systems, where do we, where do we start? Where can we start? Yeah, I think, I mean, everything is going within and understanding yourself and the reasons why you do the things that you do. Because when you can understand, I was a complete people pleaser. And I thought that was <clears throat> what I was supposed to do. And then I was attracting in very narcissistic you know, personality types, mm-hmm. because there's got to be a balance somewhere. <laughs> right. So when we balance the systems within ourselves, number one, we stop drawing in those types of experiences and toxicity. And number two, when you start to solidify your energy into balance, that branches out into everyone around you. So your environment and the people around you will shift based on how you are shifting within. So a lot of it is going within, tending to your own work, tending to your own needs, being responsible for those those trauma points within your system and starting to really heal and mend those. And honestly speaking, it's the it's the easiest and most efficient way to heal is when you go within. Mm-hmm. Because if you're trying to manage a thousand different external moving parts, you're going to get burnt out yeah. <laughs> because it's not your job and it's never ending. Right. But when you go within, you know exactly where to work. And so you can feel very productive and empowered within the process. You change yourself and then watch how your environment reflects that change back to you. And you're like, oh my gosh, I just did that. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever, okay. So have you ever done a session with yourself and then literally it doesn't even take an hour, right? Then something will happen and it makes you literally like stop and pause and say, okay, now what are the odds of that happening? What are, what are yes. the odds of that happening? And some people might dismiss it as coincidence, but I think for people that are intuitive and that are energy um, 
I don't want to say energy attractors, but we're definitely more on the energetic uh, practice practice that we are. It's affirming is what I'm trying to say. It's affirming that, yes, in fact, the work that we've done energetically as well as the work that we're doing internally now has an openness that it brings things. I, I say this quote often is that a, a closed hand, a fist prevents receiving. Yes, for and, sure. You know, I mean, if, you're, if your hand is closed and you got a fist, how can it be open to take a gift? It can't. So everything that's going to come your way is just going to like fall off like water on oil. And then a person's left there standing saying, but I've been asking for this, but is your hand open or is it closed? So when we work through um, and we're working through burnout and we're having an awareness of un- unmet needs, and I'm and I meaning a person who's listening, is taking care of those unmet needs internally and then now has this openness and they're receiving what are what are some ways that um, we're talking about energy here? What are some ways that we can continue to cultivate that energy within ourselves as well as reciprocate for other people? Mm-hmm. There is a cycle that happens where, <clears throat> excuse me, we recognize that there's a problem, there's an awareness, right? And then we go through healing of that process. So the awareness is key. You understand what's going on, then you apply the healing. Then there is this um, this next uh, season of celebration. So it's really recognizing the accomplishments, recognizing how far you've come, you know, tuning in to, wow, I was here a month ago and now I'm here by applying work to myself. This is a change I made. So again, awareness being applied into that. And then the fourth cycle or season of that is rest implementing, integrating into that. So if you can follow that spiral around and that circle around, you know, awareness, healing, celebration of that rest, and then you get into the next layer. So this is kind of the seasons of life. (laughs) So the same way that we have seasons in nature, you know, we also have these seasons. And so recognizing that we too um, have these seasons and to celebrate each one and to um, enjoy each one and to give yourself the opportunity to really understand how far you've come. Because typically what people do is they have awareness, then they get into some healing and awareness and healing, awareness and healing. And you're like, when is it ever going to end? Right. <laughs> you know, because you're not enjoying the journey. <laughs> Enjoy yeah, the that, journey. <laughs> that pause that I hear you saying is to take the pause to celebrate And people that are people pleasers, I find are really good at celebrating other people and and having and actually having the awareness and to to prompt and say, hey, we need to celebrate your success. But then when it comes to the success of the former people pleaser, that in itself can be really uncomfortable. They don't like the spotlight on them. They're like, you know, they'll dismiss and even invalidate. Oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. Nah, I'd rather do your thing. That makes me feel better. So there's another layer of healing, a deeper layer. And then another awareness of, you know, where are you uncomfortable and how can you become comfortable being uncomfortable and even then reflect back and look back and say, you know, I'm a cycle breaker there because I used to not like to do this. I used to really avoid it because, you know, the spotlight was on me. So what I hear you saying is there's an additional pause to practice and it is the celebratory of, you know, recognizing yourself. And I'm sure there's many different ways that we can do that, whether it's writing in a journal or keeping a calendar, Mm -hmm. 
Um, I know some people will do, uh, they have, you know, 365 blank page book, and then they write down, you know, the different things. I have something that I do right now. It's a countdown to my birthday this year, because it's a big birthday. (laughs) And so I have like the check boxes that they're like little smiley faces that say, yay, this is wonderful. And then the X and I haven't, this has been over a week ago, but I like red licorice. Okay, full disclosure. I I really enjoy red licorice, but it has to be a, a particular type of le- red licorice. And the thing is, I can't just have a few pieces. I'll eat the whole thing. So um, I did buy one with the intention of only having a few pieces, but I ate the whole thing. And then I said to myself, look, you're doing all this exercising, you're getting, getting back to pre-COVID, you know, workout routines. You can't be scarfing down the entire thing of le- red licorice. I say that though, because what are some ways that people can keep track of their uh, mini wins, if you want to say that, and then to order to actually have the looking back? Because, you know, the old adage is, you know, if we don't keep track, we don't measure. How do we remember? You know, uh, let's just yeah. say December, tw- what is today? You know, February 2nd. So December 2nd, I'm not going to remember what I did on today unless I go back and I have some sort of record. What are some ways that people can keep track so they can go back and look at, yeah, these are some things to celebrate. Mm -hmm. I do think that journaling, I love journaling. And for me, I love to ask questions in my journal because it's, I find that curiosity is your best friend when you're trying to learn more about yourself Mm -hmm. because we think we know, but we don't unless we ask. Right. (laughs) So I think I always start my journals with asking questions, you know, how do I feel today? Where I'm at today? What do I want today? You know, anything um, that will kind of spark more internal exploration is a great way to do things. So when you're always sort of creating a habit of asking yourself questions, you'll get more and more in tune with what you want and what you need. Right. So I think journaling is great, especially being able to access year. I have years of journals. <laughs> so I can go back at any point and see exactly where I was, <laughs> what I was doing, and crazy things I was thinking. Um, and then go, wow, I cannot believe, like, whoa, <laughs> who was that girl? <laughs> you know, I feel that way about <laughs> selfies with different, different uh hairstyles that I've had over the years. You know, like I'm an 80s girl and yeah. I mean, again, full disclosure here, as some people from high school, they just yeah, I'm like, yeah, I had that. Yes. <laughs> I don't anymore, but yes. <laughs> I hear you. What was you. I thinking? I, at I the know. time, it was a good idea, right? At the, I time, I, at the time, I thought, oh, man, it's, I'm all that. You know, that looks good. But no. <laughs> yeah, looking back, I'm like, woo, who lied to her? <laughs> uh, Halloween, you know, yes. And then don't you love, okay, sidebar tangent, someone's going to an 80s party and they were asked, we're on, I'm on this community group and they were asking about, does anybody have any 80s earrings? Okay. And so they that a picture of these earrings. And I'm like, yeah, no, we didn't wear that. That is not. (laughs) So I messaged her and I said, I'm an eighties person. Okay. I was in high school. If you really want to know what we wore, I'll show you some pictures, but those earrings are not (laughs) eighties. But yeah, so journaling is the same thing. We can look back and it's like, did you really think so? Did you really? Okay. You know what? That was good, but I don't know. And maybe it comes with, wisdom and practice. You yeah. Know I mean? like, 
For sure. Well, and yeah, I always say, well, we know better, we do better, right? So we're always doing the best that we can with what we have. And In the moment, right? In the lot. moment. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I do think there is something really uh, interesting about how the brain works and the mind and how, for instance, we brush our teeth every, every morning. So it's a habit that we do at an unconscious level now because we've done it so many times. Right, exactly. And so I think if you are introducing a new habit to connect it with something you're already doing, so that I can kind of piggyback off of something that's already an integrated part of you. So if I'm working on changing a particular piece of me or being a, bring more awareness to it, I'll put a post-it note by my bathroom mirror. So when I brush my teeth, I read that note, I get the reminder, and it starts to become more of a habitual practice or set something there that I'm going to see. And because we habituate to things, you might need to change that, change the color of the post-it in a week or something just to continue to keep it fresh and new so that you acknowledge it or, or look at it. Um, but I do think that we need extra support when we're trying to bring in new habits for ourselves. And I'm also a full believer of inspired action. So if someone says you should journal and you're like, I hate writing, I hate journaling, then that's not for you. <laughs> right. Find something that does feel really authentic to you and something that you would find enjoyable um, and really honor what you're feeling apart from what, what works for everybody else. You know, it might be something different for you. So really following that in and, and asking yourself what would feel really good to me. I, I actually really love talking to this one friend of mine and we process things together. Awesome. Do that. You want to have a conversation with your dog. No judgments from me. I love animals. Do that. You know what I mean? Like what, Whatever it is, whatever it speaks to you, you should do and full permission to do that. <laughs> I love that. The message here is to be curious, to discover, to be curious, ask yourself questions. Mm -hmm. And based on some of those responses, they'll guide and direct as well as to be uh, present with peace and to listen to the internal message, right? Mm -hmm. And then yeah. to identify what connects with you as a person, mm -hmm. pay attention to what works for other people because there might be something you might be curious about to try, yeah. as well as acknowledge that there's gratitude it works for somebody else and that we're still on the exploration journey of finding what works for us. Mm -hmm. And then when we do find something, keep it fresh so that way uh, it stays with us as opposed to gets, you know, like it's, I see it, but I don't, now I don't even see it anymore where we want it to be more like the teeth brushing. I acknowledge it. I recognize it. It becomes part of my daily practice. Yeah. And then to also celebrate the changes and the development. So it's not just about change. Mm -hmm. It's about developing, mm -hmm. it's about developing and connecting with self. That's what I hear you say. Yes, exactly. And I will add one little more caveat to that. When you are in transition, from changing from one sense of being into the, the next, that typically is the most awkward <laughs> part of things. Um, if you think about, you know, transition and labor, it is by far the most uncomfortable, <laughs> right? It's building. It's so intense. You can't do anything with it yet. You just want it to get over with. You don't know if you're going to survive it. You know, it's kind of like that in life sometimes, not to scare people away from their work, but knowing that it's not meant to be comfortable. It's not all going to be, you know, roses right. and rainbows and unicorns as you're going through this. When you're walking through your shadows, there's going to be some intensity of emotions that come up. There's going to be some deep level heat healing and cathartic crying, possibly there's, there's going to be, you know, the purging of the deep, dark stuff sometimes. Right. But when you can remember that it's temporary. Yep. Purposeful. 
Right. You're not going into this stuff to sit in it forever. You're getting, you're moving through it so that you can get on the other side of it and feel a sense of liberation, freedom from those old programs and patterns and build into a better way of being. So when you can give yourself that, that, you know, awkwardness and the discomfort, temporary discomfort through it, you can move through it much more quickly as opposed to, you know, marinating in it. You don't have to stay in it. Right. Walk through it. <laughs> right. What I hear you saying too, is that as a person continues to practice and go through these transition periods, that they'll become aware of, hey, you know what? This is a transition period. It's uncomfortable. And you want to know what? I know that I've gotten through others. So I'm also going to get through this and the through piece is part of the journey and the, in the moment awareness is also acknowledging that this too is temporary and it's part of the process to get me through, whether it's to break patterns or to become more aware, you know, whatever the root end result is, and then it's rooting from, but it's all part of what I hear you saying is the journey of the process. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And that's why we're here to evolve. I mean, that's why we're here. Right. <laughs> and right. what I found, this came through a couple months ago. It was so fascinating. Um, I was asking about suffering because so many people seem like they're in a suffering state. Mm-hmm. And what came through was what is the epitome of suffering is staying stuck. Mm-hmm. And I mean, think about that. People are just kind of on the hamster wheel. That is yeah. the the definition of suffering is when they're doing the same things over and over and over again and not getting anywhere. So if you find that you're in a deep state of suffering, try something different, anything different, and <laughs> start to yeah, break right. through those loops. There's the <laughs> practitioner. Oh, I don't mean to interrupt you. There's no, a practitioner ahead. who uh, his work is about suffering. And sometimes mm. I think to myself that there's a comfort of suffering. It's because mm-hmm. what we know, we know yeah. it. And, but we don't know the other thing. So that's more fearful. So the choices, and I'm not saying this is an absolute. Okay. I just want to mm-hmm. preface that for listeners. Um, it's not an absolute. What I'm saying is not a black and white solution. It is part of the understanding though of suffering that there is comfort in staying in suffering because the freedom is unknown and the fear of the unknown is more powerful than staying in the suffering. We have that part of our group at PTSD and beyond with our peer support is that we're aware of where each person is at. And often we'll have conversations with people on observations from members that will say, let's take a pause here because again, the suffering is coming up and Sometimes, not always, but sometimes there's only been a couple occasions where there's been, you know, people who are actually, yes, they're comfortable with with staying in that suffering. And while they stay in it, it prohibits their healing. It yes. it, it prohibits them from from actually healing. And mm-hmm. and that in itself is really scary for some people when they the awareness of, you know, I'm choosing to stay in the suffering state because the other one is just so, you know, um, scary and they are terrified. And I would yeah. like to believe because some of the members are like, you know, I didn't see this and now I do. And how can I, how can I then move forward? And and it is true. What you're saying is, you know, processing through with a friend, um, processing also with a, a safe peer group. Mm-hmm. And when you can see somebody then make the movement from they were stuck. And and to say, I don't want to be stuck anymore. I don't want to be comfortable with the suffering because it's brought on physical ailments or it's ruined relationships or, and, and to see them actually do the work 
I find that to be like, I'm super grateful that I can, that's an understatement. There's really not mm-hmm. words to describe yeah. when you're part of someone else's healing and journey and you're witnessing them doing that. It is like a birthing, like there it's, it is so beautiful. You can't, you can't put words to it. And that's what I hear you saying is that again, the deeper level is, am I choosing to be stuck? And am I choosing to stay with the suffering because it's what I know and it's comforting or where am I at on that on that healing journey? You know, can you talk a little bit mm-hmm. too about the energy that goes with the suffering? Yeah. There's a, yeah. There's a darkness about it. There's a Yeah. I could feel that brewing already. Yes. <laughs> um so it is a really interesting phenomenon that happens because when someone is so used to something, as you said earlier in our in our conversation, you you just don't know any better. You don't know any different. You don't even know something else exists. And right. when you've been living so long in survival mode, who's to say that that next thing isn't going to be just as bad? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, I know how to navigate this, even though I don't like it, but that might even be worse. Who knows? And when you're in a fearful state of survival mode, that is more or less on your radar of something that keeps many people stuck. Right. I heard this long time ago and it was mind blowing to me. I was at a conference and he said, there are two states of being a beautiful state and a suffering state. And each is a choice. Mm. And when I was hearing that, I was like, I am suffering. And that is not a choice. (laughs) You are lying to all of us. I do not believe that. But what I found was a couple of months later, after I was integrating that principle, I found that it's true that each is a choice. And from an energy healing perspective, I started playing with that. So when you are in a suffering state, the energetic imprint that's around you is almost like you're shrouded with Mm. things. So you cannot see beyond that state because it's just all around you. Mm -hmm. So what I started playing with was, okay, so how then can I bring myself out of the suffering state so that I do feel like I have a choice in the matter? Yep. And for me, it was basically, you know, those big claw things that goes and like picks up stuffed animals. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? It was almost like that, like a big claw of God, you know, coming down and pulling me out of the suffering state placing me on this golden pedestal and having this beautiful energy, just cleansing and clearing all of the, like the suffering tar off of me Mm -hmm. so that I could choose because I couldn't choose for myself until I recognized I was in the state that I didn't want to be in. Right. So that's the first choice is getting yourself out of the suffering state. And it might not even be something that we do here, you know, like, like moving away from something, quitting a job, you know, it's really does start within. Yeah. So it doesn't, need to be like big action steps unless you really feel clear and compelled, but it's really changing something within and making choices within your own energy and your emotions and your thoughts to say, I'm I'm done here. I'm right. done in this state and I'm looking for the next thing. And when you get to that place of just being done, you don't even care sometimes what's next. You just want to get out of where you are. Right. Correct. <laughs> you know? Yep. And so that openness really does help to bring in something so much better. And what I find time and time again, when you are really ready for something different, it's almost like the the exact polarity comes in where you are so encouraged and supported in that decision that you almost feel like you're being carried out of that situation into the light. Yeah, And it literally is a little bit of surrender and trusting in that process, knowing that you are loved and you're, you're so unconsciously loved just because you're human and you're here having this experience, which is tough. 
You know, it yep. is not for the for the meek. It's a tough experience to be human. And so when you finally surrender to the support of it, you really do get lifted and carried into a better place. And it's just being able to say, yes, I want that. I'm ready for that. Whatever that is, yes, I invite it in. And then see what kind of cool things happen. You know, for the listener that's here right now, pause at this point and go back and listen to what Jean's saying. And even if you have to write these steps down, write it down so that way you have it accessible. You can always, you know, stop again at this point and then and then rewind and re-listen because these are practical things that you can do and they're practical and they're powerful. And one, um, we should probably do another session about ancestry because I've been looking into, I mean, I've always, I mean, I'm a Greek American. So, I mean, I know I'm a second gen. I, I know a lot about my family from that perspective, but someone said something the other day, which was you carry the DNA of all your ancestors. Mm-hmm. And that was just, I thought to myself, I mean, I thought about my ancestors and the things that they've overcome, you know, my papu, my grandfather coming to the United States, everybody carries with them a strength that they did not know until they think about their lineage. Mm -hmm. And even the ancestors that they don't know, like if I was to go back, say like five or six generations, I don't know who those people are, but I carry their DNA with me. And so when you're talking about being carried I think that we forget because we're on this plane of physical presence, if you want to call it, just to give it a name, that you can't dismiss the little miracles that happen around us, the coincidences. Those are signs to say, hello, guess what? You're not alone. Yeah. Hey, you know, like, I'll give you an example. There's a a, a former, um, gosh, she's a doctor in Anoka County. Uh, in Minnesota, and she did autopsies. And I would really like to interview her. She did. She wrote this book about when she was doing autopsies, all these experiences that she was having about the, you know, the the people that she was with, and to give messages to the families. And it's like, you know, there's something to be said here. People will say things like, you know, whenever I see a cardinal or whenever I see, you know, a butterfly or whenever I see this certain thing or I have this certain smell or I see this number. And it's always at things where it's like, how could this possibly be? You know, it's not the time for butterflies and yet I'm seeing a symbol of a butterfly, right? Examples of what people have shared. Those are the signs to tell you somebody is with you. Your loved ones are always with you. People are always with you. And I, and the other thing I'm hearing you say too, Jean, is that if you've got a goal and a dream and someone around you who's, suppo- who's close continuously suppresses that goal and dream, you know what? Full stop. That's not about you. That's about their un- undone work yeah. and find people that will support. And I will say again, a shout out to our group, um, I've had many people give us this feedback whenever they've had a success that they're surprised that we do. Yes, of course, we're going to celebrate because their experiences with others have been, well, you know, you think you're so great and oh, everyone's on a different healing journey. No, we celebrate people. It doesn't matter what the to that person. That is a big success, whether it's, yeah. you know, I brushed my teeth seven days in a row, which we did have. Another person was, you know, I wanted to step outside on my front porch. I actually did it. Another person talked about, I love this because they live in another winter state about going shopping, right? By themselves, 
in winter, which they hadn't, this was like, can't do it, you know? So there are all these developments. And I hear you saying about, you know, we can pay attention to these things Mm -hmm. and recognize when we're saying, well, you know, that's just, you know, it's just kind of like a fluke thing versus, okay, I'm going to pay attention to this one. And then when you pay attention to it, see what happens next. Yes. (laughs) See what happens next. You know what I'm wondering about? Okay, what's going to happen to you when we get off this podcast episode? <laughs> what's going to happen to me? I think we should definitely message one another because I just, I just got that, I just got that vibe. You know, it's like okay, anything's possible, and it's right. true, anything is possible. So we're mm-hmm. getting ready here. What's the last like three snippets, three tips, tidbits, thoughts that you'd like to share with listeners? And I want to thank you again for coming on. Um, yeah. What are some last? thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I do think um, celebrating yourself and your wins, it seems to be a a theme of ours today. I feel like um, we do bypass that part. And it's so important to recognize your wins and to celebrate that, even if it's just a a, a solitary moment within yourself and that deep internal grin that comes, celebrate yourself, learn to let yourself feel good, give yourself permission to feel good. And it's okay to be in that space. Um, The second thing is I would say, find other people, you know, like your group or other people that do support you because life doesn't have to consist of people that don't. And that may have been your past, but it doesn't need to be your present or your future. You know, and the last thing, and probably, I mean, super important thing, what you focus on is what you will create more of. So whatever your conscious mind is, is looking at your subconscious is pulling up all the experiences to support that. So if you're focusing on where you'd like to go, where you feel inspired, your subconscious and all your internal systems will also come on board to say, yes, this is possible. Let's do this. And it'll give you more ideas. So really what you focus on is what you're going to create more of. So check kind of where you are spending most of your time. <laughs> exactly. See if it's serving you or not. <laughs> exactly. So how, where can people find you, Jean? Yeah, my website, uh, www.jeanatman.com is the easiest place. And we'll have Jean's information in the show notes with the hyperlink. When you go to her website and you connect with her, let her know that, hey, I found you on PTSD and beyond. That's always really helpful, right? You get people calling yeah. you and you're like, hey, how'd you hear about me? <laughs> you know, it's always yes. nice to know like, oh yeah, I was on that. Perfect. Great. Um, otherwise, thank you so much yeah. for being here and uh, love to have you to come back and talk thank about you. some more of your work as a, as a, as a healer and also as a woman supporting other women would love to do a couple more episodes yeah. and continue uh, building off that energy. And thank you again for being here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You bet. Hey guys, this is Dr. Deb with PTSD and beyond. You know, I'm going to ask, I'm like one of my kids. I'm notorious. I'm persistent. Remember to continue to give us a five-star rating. Again, we're on all the major platforms and right now we're really hitting it out on iHeartRadio. So thank you so much. And Pandora, two major, huge platforms, which is wonderful. Again, shout out to India. Thank you so much. United States, I got to tell you, I can't help it. It's just what it is, what it is, and that's what it is. But we're grateful because it means it resonates with, with people. And our message, as always, take what resonates and go beyond. Now, if I can figure out how to do this. So yeah, we got to, we got to edit. <laughs>